greatest of the great, most magnificent of the magnificent, we have taken two of the strange transforming aliens prisoner. They tremble before us, they abase themselves, they quiver in cowardly terror, and it should be noted that the Galaxy Blaster was of no help whatsoever. <laughs> and then we get this is one of the most iconic Animorph scenes. Mm -hmm. Gravel before the captain. Marco looked at me. How do you grovel? I've never groveled before. I shrugged. Grovel! We don't know how. I told the closest Helmicron. I mean, you know, different folks, different customs. Maybe you could show us. They looked at one another. Then the one I'd spoken to said, You may grovel in the style of your own people. Grovel as you normally grovel. <laughs> I saw the sly gleam, gleam in Marco's eye. You heard the man, Cassie. Let's grovel. He scooted his legs forward, lay on his back, stuck his hands behind his head, and relaxed like he was at the beach soaking up sun. I grovel before the mighty Helmicron captain, most mighty of the mighty, undisputed champion of the world in the dust weight category. We grovel like the paint pitiful losers we are. We grovel like a guy who hasn't got a date the day before prom and the only girl around is the head cheerleader. That's how much we grovel. Cassie, you could join in at any time, you know. We grovel, um, like grovelers? <laughs> Marco turned his head to shoot me a disdainful look. Oh, good groveling. Put some feeling into it. I grovel like... Uh, like a person who is really, really groveling. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Marco was, of course, getting into it. After all, he had an audience. Oh, mighty Helmicron dead guy. <laughs> we grovel like a video game addict trapped in an arcade without a quarter. That's how much we grovel. <laughs> you would not believe the depth of our grovelry. <laughs> we grovel like a guy with a large order of fries and the only salt shakers at the table of the school bully. <laughs> we grovel enough. Now will you tell us the location of the power source? <laughs> <laughs> the blue box? <laughs> yes, the blue box of transforming power. I don't know where it is. One of my friends must have taken it and hid it. Friends? Yes. The others like us. The others we were with. Turn on the external viewer. Jake, Rachel, and Axe are all back in their normal forms. Including Tiny Tobias. On Rachel's shoulder. Uh, and <laughs> which one knows the location of the blue box? Uh, uh, which one? The one with four eyes? The one with wings? The one with hideous blue eyes? Or the larger one? <laughs> Thank you, Jenda. <laughs> <laughs> None of them, Marco said. The other one, the one who's not here. I nodded solemnly. Yes, the other one. We had no idea what we were talking about, of course, but then the Helmicrons actually sort of supplied the answer. Do not deceive us. Our sensors reveal those who radiate with the transforming energy. We will find anyone who bears that energy signature. Marco and I stole a glance at each other. Transforming energy. You mean you can tell who has the morphing power? Marco asked. We are the Helmicrons, Lord of the Galaxy. Our science and technology are vastly superior. We can easily penetrate your simple disguises and see the transforming power at work. They can tell people who are able to morph, I said to Marco. I had to resist the urge to giggle, but for once, Marco had not yet figured out what I had just figured out. Oh, mighty masters, I said. We were fools to imagine we could deceive you. There is only one other like us on the planet, only one other who possesses the transforming power. It is he who has the blue box of transforming power. It is he whom you must find. It is he whom you must defeat. We will crush him beneath us like the lowliest of creatures. He will grovel before us for an eternity of days. Marco still looked puzzled. There is no point trying to hide him from the Helmicrons, Marco. I said. There is only one other morph-capable creature on Earth, and the Helmicrons are just going to have to destroy him. Suddenly, the light went on in Marco's head. Visser 3? I nodded, feeling very pleased with myself. Visser <laughs> 3. That is a clutch moment for <laughs> Cassie under pressure. Doesn't always make the best choices, but sometimes they are just... Yep. Yep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let her think. Yeah. 
Uh, and Mario's like, you're gonna lead, we're gonna lead into Vista 3. Yeah, like, you got a better idea? She's like, no, I just, it's so sneaky. I didn't <laughs> know you had it in you. <laughs> uh, they don't know where to find Vista 3. They figure he's probably on the blade ship. And so they tell the Helmicrons, like, he's probably in orbit, I guess. And they're like, but your, your species hasn't achi- achieved space flight or hasn't achieved real space flight. And Marco's like, true. But the person you're looking for isn't a human, so you guys aren't the only aliens trying to conquer Earth. Uh, there are these guys called Yerks. And this gets a reaction. Apparently the Helmicrons know of the Yerks. About half of the Helmicrons, or no, they, they all come in, they're all talking and thought speak, it's very jumbled. It's not really sure what they're doing. I do like that they start pulling in computers and weapons. Though. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then half of them start fighting the other half with a bunch of blades and Cassie isn't sure where the blades came from yeah there's a sudden violent onslaught but not against us there were four or five Helmicrons surrounded by all the others and they're just killed mm-hmm. um, and then everything gets calm and, <laughs> and I, I think this is meant to be like how they resolve disagreements, disagreements yeah. um, is whoever just has fewer people Mm-hmm. dies and then there aren't any more disagreements i mean it's decisive it is yes um it, it is a way to make decisions yeah we're not endorsing it <laughs> we're just recognizing it as a, as a method yeah uh so they're like all right so we're gonna go find the blade ship in orbit um and then they call for a male um, and a hatch in the floor opens, another Helmicron comes out, smaller, the flathead has a forward slant, the mouth parts are less horrifying, still insect-looking, but smaller, gentler. The entire bearing of this creature was humbler. Male, take these aliens, instruct them in the ways of obedience. Uh, and this male Helmicron comes forward and pushes them out, um, and we learn in this that all of the ones that they have been interacting with so far, the loud, hyper ones are the females in this species, and the males are subservient, or whatever the fuck. We get a really gross remark from Marco. That it's a species of Rachel's. Yeah, I hate it. It's gross. Um, and bad. And then we have the line that, bless children, they said I'm going to do nothing for children. Danielle and I both read this. I think saw it over my shoulder uh, in the document. The next chapter, the opening line. I am your teacher in the ways of submission. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I've read plenty of fanfic in my day, and I've seen that sort of line come up before. <laughs> but we are adult pubs, um, and this is a children's book. <laughs> um, but this is them being taught about the correct way to be submissive and yes. follow uh, the societally expected behaviors of the male helmet. Uh, helmet yes, helmet. because if they are to be slaves, then they must know behave how to themselves. behave. Um, they don't. Even, they don't have names. The yeah. helmets, and I assume that might be a, a general thing, not just the males don't. You know, I believe that definitely because yeah. they're just they're so based around being entities, like mm-hmm. just like they're a mass of small yeah creatures and viscer three mentions later that they're fungible yeah um so like they almost not quite a hive mind but basically yeah um Um, but uh we learn from this uh male helmicron that marco dubs wuss uh as a name um it's like so what's the deal with the captain he's dead she 
Yes, of course she's dead. And why do you want your captain to be dead? How else can you be sure she will not make a mistake? <laughs> it seemed to stimmy Marco, but the patient male, who even I was now thinking of as worse, went on to explain. Those who make errors must be eliminated. It is inevitable that a captain who would make many decisions if she were alive would therefore also make many errors. What is the point of a captain who must be killed for error? In this way, we have a captain who may be respected and revered by all. <laughs> Margaret's just like, what sad is that? Makes a certain bizarre kind of sense. And then it's really like, all Helmicron leaders are dead. Mm-hmm. Um... A Pelmacron female can't ascend to a position of importance unless it is certain she will not cause problems. She, they are only uh, symbols to be admired. I oh. do like, I love this bit, except for how they end it, right? Mm-hmm. So she, mu- she must be a symbol that all can admire, kind of like our society. Cassie mm-hmm. mutters. Um, and then, so... They're like, all right, so aren't you supposed to tell us how we're behaving? You must obey all the females. You must wash your food before eating it. You must be quiet and calm at all times. Um, uh, and Cassie's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm a female of my species. And, uh, uh, Wuss says, No, you're a slave. Thus you are male and must do whatever a female tells you to do. And then K.A. completely undermines the points that they just got, mm-hmm. uh, because Marco says, Kind of like our society. Marco he says, is mimicking. Yeah, he is mimicking Cassie in that moment. But yeah, it's still but it's, gross as fuck. Yeah, it's not a good joke. It's a bad joke. Yes. Uh, and that's it. Those are the rules of the society. Yep. Just just be subservient. That's the rule. Quiet and calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and wash your food. That's very important is to wash your food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he leaves. Yep. Uh, and they're just like... <laughs> it leaves and Mark is just like... Um, they're like, we need to bail, and I do not want to be captain. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no promotions. Uh, and Cassie's trying to think about how to get away from all of this. Marco is having the morbid thoughts. Well, like, I mean, if we're permanently stuck like this, we might have to start a whole civilization of tiny people. <laughs> Marco, would you mind help him? <laughs> and it is like, think about what we should do. And he's like, okay. And to be fair, after a spiel about talking about how the Helmicons are cuckoo bananas, and that's the level of uh, character analysis. Yep. Um, but like, they need, and he's like, we need to get out of here. We can't help them get Visa 3. Yeah, priority number one is to get out. Because mm-hmm. they could go off for no reason at all. But uh, they're interrupted by a female coming in. Who, uh, yep. Come with me in significant aliens, obey me. And Mark's just like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they go back to the bridge. The screen is on. They see the blade ship. Uh, so like, hey, we actually got to space really quickly. Um, <laughs> well, Marco said, genuinely impressed. You guys are fast. I mean, you ladies, you found the blade ship. We are the Helmicrons, Yerk pretenders and usurpers will beg for their lives as we march over their groveling prostrate forms. <laughs> I formed a mental image of a yerk I'd seen in its natural form, then of an army of tiny little homocrons marching over it. <laughs> I barely stifled the giggle. Uh, so they found the blade ship, and they're like, "What are we? What? What now?" A smaller yerk craft has attached and is headed towards the planet's surface. The craft has someone on it that has the transforming energy signature. Oh, that's Visitor Three. He must be going down to Earth. Follow him. So they follow him to a... Abandoned Denny's. Abandoned Denny's, of course. It's got to be a Denny's. Well, it says... Cassie <coughs> is the one that says, I think it used to be a Denny's. 
it, it's cursed enough, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so the bug ship like lands inside the Denny's because it's just a, a front. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vister Three goes in, comes out morphed at, in his human morph, and gets into a limo. Uh, oh, great one. Most bold of leaders, we grovel before you, though we are light years away. It is our sad duty to report that the treacherous jackanapes of the Galaxy Blaster have run away. They have seized two alien prisoners that were rightly ours and run away, leaving us, your loyal warriors, to battle the large aliens as we search for the blue box of transforming energy. Now, hang on. Wasn't the Planet Crusher the one that captured them? No. Okay. No. Okay. I think they've been managed to be at least consistent. No, no, no. You they are slaves now up. aboard the glorious Helmicron ship, the Planet Crusher. Oh, they are fucked up. Wicked. <laughs> It's hilarious. Or they're lying in their log. Who knows? Who knows? Whatever. Um, either way. Um. Big chase scene. The Helmicrons are following just behind the limo. They're able to easily kind of get in its slipstream. Um, and then they start firing at the window at the back where Visser 3 is. Um. I love this. <laughs> the, w- the window comes down. <laughs> Human face looks out. They recognize Vissus human morph. And he just looks puzzled. He's like, what? And he realizes that it's Helmicrons. Yep. Um, and the Helmicrons like, what's he saying? Um, and the Helmicrons are just pleased that they've been recognized. Yep. Neep, neep, neep. Yep. <laughs> now feel your terror grow, yuck. And just fires <laughs> these tiny little ship lasers at Vissus 3. I just like he's like puts it in like tiny two spots of blood and he's pissed. Yeah. Because this is Vissa Three and mm-hmm. he's a dramatic bitch. <laughs> um and he's he's mad and he's glaring at this little Helmicron ship and it is just like See the helpless quivering terror in him. <laughs> okay, he's like, uh Did you see any helpless quivering? And Michael's like, Nope. <laughs> That's the closest oh that No, that is one P O Yuck. So yep. there we go. Another the Animorphs do swear they're just censored by the records. <laughs> um, uh, a human controller comes out of the sunroof holding an honest to God gun. Um and it 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 is a cannon would be a BB gun compared to this thing, uh, from their perspective. You have to understand, we were a sixteenth of an inch tall. The bullet that would have come flying from that gun was probably ten or twelve times longer than we were tall. I'm a little over four feet, so the equivalent would be a bullet like forty or fifty feet long. A forty foot long bullet. Uh, and the gun fires, um, and, uh, the Galaxy Blaster uh, jerks aside and so it misses narrowly and Marco and Cassie are like we need to get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. uh, so they uh, Cassie decides alright we need to morph mm-hmm. uh, and we need to morph something small yeah. let's morph fly yeah because there's the risk of not only being shot at but like as the galaxy blaster is moving out of like it's taking evasive action they're travelling down like a, a road like a busy mm-hmm. road Excuse me. Uh, so they begin to morph flies. Um, the Helmicrons don't notice until it's too late uh, because they get very, very small. And we get a really interesting... Uh, this is a pretty dope sequence. Yeah, view of basically micro-world. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because before they were they were small but on a level uh, still on a macro scale essentially but now we're on a uh, micro scale the dirt um just as the dirt become rocks and boulders the first time we shrank the smooth metal floor was now becoming a rugged plane of weird shapes up jutting points and cauliflower extrusions um the colors were weird, but even now it's, it's even weirder because you're, you're seeing things that even flies don't ever see. Um, they're not looking at flesh anymore as the Helmicons try to grab them. They're seeing the individual cells like walls of bricks. Um, and, uh, some were clearer, more transparent than others in the bizarre light. Some I could see right into. They were like clear plastic trash bags stuffed with faintly pink jello. Suspended in the jello like so much fruit cocktail were all the cell structures. A big nucleus, only slightly darker than the protoplasm, my- mitochondria vacuoles. So that's what a ribosome looks like, Marco <laughs> said. They are in all different colors, like in the textbooks. Who knows what color anything is with these eyes and in this light? Uh... The wall of cells recedes, um, and they're like, all right, well, let's fly and try to land on maybe a Helmicron or something. So they do hitch a ride. Um, they, they, when they land on it, they realize that the, the floor, quote unquote, the, the skin is vibrating. It is the vibration of the cell walls, uh, the individual molecules they're able to see, uh, which is interesting. Like you can see the details of the cell, the things that make up the cell walls. Um, and Marco describes it's like looking at a TV screen up real close, mm. like pixels. Um, and the cell they're standing on is about to divide, and they're just like, "I hate everything about this." <laughs> um, and it's impossible for them to really get a grip on where they are in space. Yeah, because they have absolutely no reference point for what yeah. what anything looks like at yeah. all. They want to get off the surface they are on. Yeah. Uh, because Marco points out, you really don't want to be on something's finger, mm-hmm. just generally speaking. It, fingers get into a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they realize uh, they've managed to land on one of the Helmicron's heads because they're very close to the eyeball. Which is very easy to ident- which is easy enough to identify. Yep. Um, and as they're doing this, um, they re- uh, Cassie realizes that they're seeing more than light reflected in the eye. Um, as a wave of heat propelled on a hurricane came rolling across the great plains of the Helmocron's head. And across the flat head of the Helmocron's came something no human eye would ever see, at least not in all its horrifying detail. I think we both knew right away what it was, but your mind doesn't want to believe what it's seeing. The flash had been the light of a dragon beam. Light is light, of course, and is equally fast whatever size you are. But as the wave of energy spreads through the body hit by a dragon beam, the physiological reaction of cells blowing apart happens more slowly. Axe explained to us once that this was a unique Yerk technology. The Andalite Shredder, whose technology the Yerks used in developing the dragon beam, kills instantly, painlessly. The Draken Beam is specifically modified to destroy more slowly. The Yerks want their enemies to feel the agony of cells exploding. And now, standing there on cells whose molecules vibrated beneath our fly feet, we saw the line of destruction advance. Cells erupted, exploding like mini geysers, swelling with steam, blowing nuclei and mitochondria and flaming cytoplasm like shrapnel. Which is just dope as a mm-hmm. description. Mm-hmm. As, it, as dope as it is horrifying. 
makes me think of um, how they tend to portray like nuclear blasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are kind of tossed about by the the eddies and currents of this explosion, thrown like meteors. Um, everywhere is on fire. They probably are knocked unconscious because they kind of come to later when with Marco's thought speak voice. Um, Marco says that uh, the Yerks must have hit the ship with a dragon beam. Um, we were in the middle of a busy highway. Wait, what are we doing? Um, and they they can't see anything mm-hmm. about where they are, where they could possibly be. So they realize they need to demorph uh, slowly. And uh, as they gain enough mass, they will settle towards the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cassie's like, uh, Mark is like, unless the truck hits us. <laughs> and Cassie off- offers to go first. And Marco, although he's saying he would love, don't go all heroic on me. If we're going to get hit, we'll get hit together. Mm-hmm. Which is just, I we were saying before we started recording, I really like the the Marco Cassie like dynamic that we see play out in this book for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, so as they demorph, they do indeed kind of feel the pull of gravity once more. Um, and they land on someone's head. We get the extremely disturbing mm-hmm. visual of the mites um, that are microscopic arthropods that live on everybody's skull, scalp, and eyelashes. Um Around I, the hair. I didn't know this. I was. I'm sorry. Ghost. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, they they live in the hair follicles. Uh, but that's fine. As they demorph to back to their sixteenth of an inch height, they can't see them anymore because the mites are just that small. Mm-hmm. Um, so they demorph, uh, and they kind of go to the edge of the hair and scalp because whoever they're on is balding Mm -hmm. and they realize that they are on chapman's head uh turns out they're at a sharing meeting yep which is great and uh visa three is crowing about uh defeating some (laughs) (laughs) he's like holding up the remnants of this ship i think Mm -hmm. Uh, but either way he's just having a great time laughing it up Uh, though he is quick to say that there is no great honor in defeating Helmicrons. Yep. So. Uh, and then Tobias shows up. <laughs> I've been looking all over for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he says that everyone else was very worried. They f- were able to find them using the other Helmicron ship. Rachel managed to smash it with a tire iron, <laughs> knocked it down. Jake grabbed it and clamped it into the vice in Cassie's barn. <laughs> Uh, That's such a good visual. I know. Kept squeezing until they agreed to help us. You didn't trust them, I hope. Marco said. No, we're not idiots. They gave us hostages. They're captain and a bunch of other high-ranking... No! You are idiots, Marco cried. <laughs> all Helicron leaders are dead. They don't trust anyone living, so all their leaders have to be dead. What? <laughs> Say what? Uh, Just go with it. Are Jake, Rachel, and Axe here, too? And where is here? Yeah, they're all here, but in Morph. It's a meeting of the sharing. Visser 3 is here at a secret part of the meeting. You know, where where only the leading controllers attend. He's playing show until the Galaxy Blaster. Um, Chapman is applauding. Oh, yeah, no, Visser 3 is holding it up. Yeah. just... Uh, and uh, Cassie asks where the blue box is, and Tobias is like, Well, Axe has it. We're in that old meeting hall the sharing uses sometimes. Axe is outside in human morph. He's waiting until we rescue you guys. Then we're going back to the Helmicrons to get them to unshrink you. 
Why would you bring the blue box here? Marco raged. The Helichrons want it bad. We couldn't be sure we could hide it well enough from their sensors. So we had to bring it with us. We can't lose it. After all, the Helichrons need it to unshrink you guys, which they've promised to do, and... Oh, no. <laughs> the Helmicrons tracked the Galaxy Blaster and told you where it would be. Then you guys came here with the blue box. Don't you see? The Helmicrons are going to try and take the blue box. They figure we'll be too busy fighting Yurks to stop them. But they're back at the barn, and... Oh, man. X! We have to get to X! He's in human morph with human eyes. He doesn't even realize he has to look behind him. <laughs> now we shall destroy all who oppose us. The familiar, blustering Helmicron voice shouted. All will cringe and cry and wail and rule, rue the day they first drew breath. It flew in low, skimming just a few inches over Chapman's head. I looked up and saw it zip past. It was the planet crusher, and it was carrying the blue box. Uh, so the the planet crusher brings the blue box into the sharing meeting full of controllers, and all hell breaks loose. Hello. We also talking about avenging our bold and brave comrades of the Galaxy Blaster who died like great heroes. <laughs> they despise the Galaxy Blaster. <laughs> oh, well, the Galaxy Blaster's been destroyed now. Now they're cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all hell breaks loose. Uh, mm. Oh, most magnificent and omnipotent one, we have taken the blue box of transforming power through the blessed and glorious... It doesn't say blessed. That's me. I read too much of this shit. Through the blessed and glorious heroes of the galaxy blast are gone from us, we of the planet Crusher shall avenge them. Uh, they shrink Visser 3. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a solid strategy. <laughs> and they also begin to shrink a whole bunch of other controllers in this meeting. The other Animorphs come tearing in. They this, shrink the other Animorphs. This is so ridiculous. This is such a clusterfuck. This, it is. This is rolling a whole bunch of ones on yeah. your engagement yeah. roll. And yeah. it's so. This is a very hard thing to describe. There is so much going on in this. Yeah. Just, just suffice to say that the ship is flying around, carrying the blue box, mm -hmm. shrinking everyone who tries to touch it. Yep. Jake is in Peregrine Falcon Morph, get shrunk. Rachel's in Bear Morph, get, get shrunk. shrunk. Uh, the only one who doesn't get shrunk is Axe, mm -hmm. um, <coughs> who demorphs to Andalite. Mm -hmm. um, all the controllers are trying to get the box. Several of them get shrunk. Uh, Visser 3 can still yell at the top of his lungs because it's thought speak. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> get the box or I'll make every one of you suffer. Visser 3 yelled in enraged, impotent thought speak. And of course, <laughs> the Helmicrons would not shut up. Scurry in heedless terror, pathetic weaklings. It will not save you from our righteous wrath. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so it's just a bunch of yelling and running around. Cassie and Marco do not have a good view on things. They don't know what to do. So they morph small enough. Yes. Uh, well, they make they mo they morph into things small enough that Tobias can pick them up, even as a sixteenth of an inch long <laughs> red-tailed yeah. hawk. Yes, that is one thing we didn't mention. Tobias is the same size as Cassie and Marco right now. He's not like relatively, relatively. hawk-sized compared yes, to them. Yes, this is one of the many bullshit elements. Of yeah. this book. It's not stuff isn't being scaled. Yes. Correctly. Uh, but Cassie thinks, all right, well, if as when we morphed fly, we got smaller, then it stands to reason that if we morph things that are normally bigger than our human selves, we'd be bigger. We'd be bigger. So her idea is to morph a whale on top of the Helmicron ship to weigh it down mm -hmm. so that it can be caught. Um, so Tobias carries them as birds. Or, no, as a skunk and a mole. 
Mm -hmm. uh, over to the Helicron ship. They demorph. Cassie tells Tobias to morph human. He does. He becomes a significantly larger human, but still small. So only like uh -huh. inches long. Uh -huh. um, this is a very good visual. It is. He is able to hold on to the ship with one hand and hold on to Cassie and Marco as they begin to demorph. And Wedges then Cassie in between the two engines yep. of the ship. As she begins to morph whale, uh, the plan does work and it does slow the Helmicron ship enough that someone, one of the controllers actually is able to grab the blue box because although Cassie came up with this plan, she did not necessarily think it all the way through. No. Uh, so a controller grabs the box and they're like, oh shit, fuck, what are we going to do? <laughs> uh, and uh, luckily Axe comes to the rescue and cuts off the controller who grabbed them, uh, cuts off his thumb. Um, the box goes flying. Uh, Axe manages to catch the box, which isn't consistent with how we've seen Axe before, because we've mm -hmm. seen Axe where people have thrown things at Axe, and, and he catches it on his tail blade. So I'm choosing to believe he catches it on his tail blade and fucking stead and hands it to himself. Mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> we, we learn that uh, Jake and Rachel are both on one of Axe's legs. As a tiny tiger and tiny bear. As a tiny tiger and tiny bear. Despite the tiger is not larger. We discussed yeah, that this I is stupid. It's, it's dumb. I... <laughs> And <coughs> Axe begins running away. Mm -hmm. uh, the Helmicrons begin to leave the ship and crawl up on Axe's arm. Tobias... Uh, we have this really good visual of Demorph, no longer humpback whale Cassie. I think it's just normal size, uh, mm -hmm. normal Cassie. Of Cassie and Marco in these significantly smaller forms, like just sat on Tobias's legs, mm -hmm. where he can hold onto them so they don't go flying. It's very good. It's very good. Um, and yeah, cause, and Tobias is like leaning back against one of Axe's fingers. This is how yeah. small they are. Yes. Um, very good. Axe is running and, uh, he's also just like, yeah, but I'm going to be spotted by humans. Yeah. Soon. So what do I do? Jake says, well, morph human. Um, but Cassie says, no, don't actually morph human. Uh, morph to bird and fly to the gardens because we need to get something else um, because she realizes they need something to defeat an enemy fuck I lost my place mm -hmm. they need something to uh, defeat an enemy like ants mm -hmm. um, I'm most high and tremendous <laughs> calamity has befallen us our own ship has now been captured but we fear nothing we are the boldest of the bold the bravest of the brave nothing will stop us as we take control of this vast expanse of huge blue fur and from that base launch again our plan to conquer the universe <laughs> uh, Thank yeah, thankfully none of them get dumped off Axe in the process of morphing yes uh, as Axe morphs uh, things shift and slide and pull like taffy and they only barely manage to hold on um viscer three is in a terrible bladed tentacle morph fighting jake and rachel um and uh, uh marco cassie tobias are barely able to hold on but they're able to get a hold of some of the feathers as they appear um, and about at that point jake and rachel show up because apparently whatever that leg was merged with that arm 
And so again, on, not the most egregious detail of the book. To they're on the same wing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Rachel and Jake get to them and like, all right, well, go battle morphs because what we can't let Viscer three see you as humans still. Mm-hmm. Um, so they morph gorilla and wolf. Uh, and then Viscer three appears. Um, this is a, this is a dope ass description. Yes, like from this feather forest, a blood orange Medusa's head, each hair snake carrying a scythe. <laughs> uh, crowding in behind him is a bunch of very nervous looking human controllers, including Jump. <laughs> All a sixteenth of an inch high. Yep. Though presumably the uh, blood orange Medusa head is somewhat larger than that. Yeah. But still not big enough to disrupt the flight of a bird. No. Uh, I saw none of the Visser's usual cool arrogance. Strange place to meet for a final battle, Andalites, he said, but battle we must. That was pretty calm for him. I think maybe the fact that he was the size of a dandruff flake depressed him. <laughs> <laughs> we faced off Yurk versus human, although the Yurks still believed us to be Andalites. And then, from the feathers to our right, there appeared dozens of four-legged, flat-headed, beady-eyed creatures. Ha! All our pitiful foes gathered together, all the better to quake in terror before Helmicron might surrender and live out your pitiful lives as our slaves or fight and die as weaklings. For a long, frozen moment, no one moved. Twisting his tentacles aside to reveal a hideous face, the viscer looked at us. I don't know about you, Andalites, he said, but these creatures are really, really, really annoying me. Now, I know it's not possible for a tiger to grin, but I swear Jake did. And for the first and probably last time in history, humans and Yurks turned as one to face a common enemy. Unfortunately, or fortunately, the truce didn't last long, because just then, Axe announced we're over the gardens. Cassie gives them directions to the exhibit that she wants them to be on, and then they jump off of Axe. Pointing out that because of how small they are, it will actually not be an issue, the the size of the fall. Um, so they jump off and they land. Uh, everyone really jumps off of the the bird that is Axe. Uh, the Animorphs land on an anteater, uh, which is what we have learned uh, this thing is that Cassie has thought of. They land on anteater. Visser 3 also lands on the anteater. Cassie demorphs, acquires the anteater, and morphs. The explanation that is given... <laughs> Danielle was so bad about this when they were explaining it. I hate it. I'm going to read this out loud just so I can see Danielle's face as I do so. Something occurred to me. When the Helmicrons shrank us, they also shrank all the DNA inside us. All the morphs were reduced to that same scale. Right, right. So, well, it occurred to me that new DNA, newly acquired DNA, might not be shrunk. That's not how this works. (laughs) I hate that. It's... That's not how any of this works. Mm-hmm. But apparently, she is correct. I hate her. Uh, after a brief startling of, uh, encounter with a flea that is massive, obviously, uh, who just ignores them and bounces away. Um, all the Animorphs morph anteater, and they all morph regular-sized fucking anteaters. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the dis... I guess. Yes, I, the disdain <laughs> on Daniel's face is incredible. Um, uh, but they grow. Uh, Vissa 3 also uh, is just like, oh, of course. Yeah. Just like, what, of course, Vissa 3? Like, <laughs> doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, Don't act like this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but he also acquires the anteater and begins to morph. I do appreciate we get a little bit. We get a little bit of fun uh, anteater facts. Mm-hmm. Um, how they're super chill. Mm-hmm. Um, and their body temperature is lower and they sleep a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um. they've got like very sharp claws. 
Yep. To take down like term- termite mounds and shit. Mm-hmm. But um, and we have this moment where, um, as you might imagine with Andy, the tongue sort of snags, snaggle out and it grabs a bunch of Helmicron. Yep. And sucks them back in. <laughs> and Marco's like, yes, go Cassie. And <laughs> something kind of like teeth, only not. I don't know enough about anteater biology for that one. And she has to like clap down on the anteater instincts to chew. <laughs> uh, and the, the Helmicron still, from inside of her mouth, surrender now and we may spare you the eternal torment you have earned. And this is where Vista 3 is who's following their lead mm-hmm. um it's like you can't kill a helmicron they're a fungible species kill one and its mind if you can call it a mind is absorbed into another they never die e- helmicrons will never die even when they're dead they're not dead um but and because it's Vissa 3 mm-hmm. who has been here repeatedly this book um rather than attack the helmicrons snags tobias out yes. of the air but doesn't immediately kill him because he wants to use Tobias as a bargaining chip. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, and Vista 3 is like, all right, now we can hold this negotiation. And then Axe, who has demorphed at this point, is like, uh-uh, and puts a tail blade to Vista 3's anteater throat and says, like, now we're going to talk. For all of you uh, shippers out there, Rachel is the one that screams Tobias's name in horror. Of at course. This moment. You know, we have to, we have, we have to recognize these things. <laughs> Uh, and then this book ends on... It's a single page. It's a single page in the PDF. I think it might be a little bit more than that in the book, but it's one single page in the PDF. We worked out a deal. Rachel and Jake lapped up the Helmicrons and held them hostage. It was a relief to know that Helmicrons were basically unkillable. Well, mostly a relief. In any case, they were stuck. Three sides. Three sides. Marco and I demorphed back to our tiny human selves. We did it out of sight of Visser 3, and then we boarded the Helmicron ship. We found some of the pathetically easy-to-intimidate males and had them help us work the Helmicron shrinking ray. We unshrank Visser 3. First, you have to turn it to Wumbo. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you laughed, Izzy. I don't know this reference. It's a SpongeBob reference. I see. <laughs> Uh, we unshrank Visser 3 and Tobias while Axe stood guarding the Visser, the Helmicron ship, and the blue box, tailblade twitching. We unshrank the human controllers and gave the Yurks safe passage to leave. They weren't about to argue. After all, we were in control of the shrinking ray. <laughs> Visser 3 decided maybe the conquest of Earth would work better if he was bigger than a semicolon. When the Yurks were gone, Rachel and Jake scraped the Helmicrons off their tongue and demorphed to human. We unshrank them. Finally, we set the thing on automatic and Marco and I ran outside to stand in the beam. But not before we had a good long talk with some of the Helmicron males. You guys need a male's liberation movement, Marco told them. Why should you put up with being treated like second-class Helmicrons? And many of the males agreed. We could crush the females beneath our feet. Long would they wail and bemoan their fate as we assumed our places as the rightful rulers of all Helmicrons. We would then proceed with our just and righteous plans to conquer all the galaxy. Then all would grovel before us and... Well, you know the rest. About time to head on home, huh? Jake asked me. I nodded. Yeah, it is. I'm probably grounded. Oh, I hope not. I was, uh, I don't know. I was thinking maybe of heading down to the beach tomorrow. You know, if the weather's nice. Rachel batted her eyes at me and gave me an I told you so look. Then, just to be obnoxious, she said, Oh, I don't know, Jake. I don't think Cassie really likes the beach all that. I love the beach, I said, shooting her a death look. And if I don't get grounded, I'd love to go with you, Jake. 
Jake blushed, waiting for Marco to give him grief, but Marco just shook his head in a parody of sadness. Fine, Cassie, run back to Jake now that you're all big again. I guess that's the end of our plan to populate the world with a new race of tiny people. The Helmicron ship powered up and rose forward toward the night sky, and receding in the distance, we heard the thought-speak voices. All females will now grovel before our tremendous power. You will worship us as your true masters. It is the male Helmicron who shall make all tremble. Never will females be anything but absolute rulers over all males. We shall dominate the entire universe, but we'll start with you. We headed home, leaving the Helmicrons, male and female, to work things out sensibly among themselves, knowing with absolute certainty that there was no chance that they would. And that's how the book ends. And then they kickflip into the sun. And then they <laughs> Sorry, yes. I did. I missed that part. <laughs> <laughs> this book is so fucking dumb. It's so dumb. <sighs> I, oh, I'm going to close this PDF. <laughs> turn the book over so I don't have to look at the cover. Okay. Uh, it's so bad. The enjoyable elements of this book do not outweigh the frustration and anger I feel having no. spent time reading it. No, it doesn't. Danielle has insisted that part of the animals' experience is taking the bad with the good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remind them of this next time we get to a book they really hate <laughs> <laughs> and they're mad about it. <laughs> Yeah, but this is like, this is like good bad. It good bad in the sense that it's not like it's not poorly written. It's yeah. just dumb. Yes, yes, yes. It's not gross. No, it's not gross. So, aside from those couple of odd moments. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so. Uh, Dirk gave us the discussion point. The Helmicrons, terrifying or ridiculous? How do they compare to the shark brain thing? Now, I was discussing this. On a science-based level, this bothers me less than the shark brain thing. For all that there are inconsistencies, the notion of the Helmicrons being able to utilize the uh, Escafil device to affect the size of other things I can live with this. If Rick Moranis can make a shrink ray in his attic, <laughs> I can accept that the Helmicrons can utilize an Escafil device to make people smaller. Mm-hmm. In terms of sheer frustration and disbelief to read, <laughs> it is worse. <laughs> I am definitely angrier than I was at Shark Brains. <laughs> it's just not at the science. Well, the Shark Brains was like a small part of an otherwise very good book. Yes, this is true. <laughs> this is true. But think, yeah, because shark brains felt like bad science. Yes. Whereas this feels like a dumb premise. Yes. Or a dumb like this could have worked. Yeah. If they had done some things differently. Yeah. And I appreciate you want a breather episode, as it were, after like the weight of the David trilogy and uh, what was Tobias's last book? The Pretender. The Pretender. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Um, but they, I, I think there is a way that you could make them deeply scary, yes. If you wanted to, like something that would be able to fight on a microscopic scale. Like there's a number of films, was it the Fantastic Journey and its uh, imitators about like the mm-hmm. havoc you could wreak on a body mm-hmm. by you know, like we've seen what the Yaks can do, and they're only like slug size, and they can fit in a brain. Like the, they could do some serious damage if they utilized their ability or their, their stature, I suppose, effectively. But because they're like, we will just destroy you, mm-hmm. it's nothing. It's laughable. Yep. 
it's Marvin the Martian vibes, but just like yeah, even smaller. It is very much Marvin the Martian vibes. Yeah. So yeah, the whole premise is just they they wanted to write a joke book and they did write a joke book. It, I just don't find the joke very funny. Yeah, it it's not. They it has a lot of funny moments in it. But oh yeah, there's some good instances. You know, it's not. <sighs> I don't think it works very well no. as a joke. No, either it needs to be taken more seriously in the narrative, mm-hmm. and therefore it's just funny from the outside perspective, or almost like the Helmicrons need to be in on the joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if they knew, yeah, no, we're tiny. Do you think we don't know? <laughs> we aren't stupid. Yes. That, that would be funny. Yes. Give me, like, a group of Helmicrons on their own ship, just like, like, we know what we're about, okay? <laughs> Please. Yeah, we're tiny. We're still going to kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, do you know what I could do to your internal organs? Yeah. Do you want to find out? <laughs> Helmicron inside your ear canal, like... Yeah. That could make a shit. Yep. Yeah, that would be, in fact, terrifying. Yeah, imagine having and got it, a tiny voice in your ear. Uh-huh. That's horrifying. Mm-hmm. That is some delightful fridge horror right there. Rather than a tiny swarm of tiny aliens telling me how they're going to destroy me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Bitch, my depression does more work than you. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I don't know how the dumb kids would react to this. <laughs> I I think they would be flabbergasted. Yeah. <laughs> just like I think they would just to be fair, we have less compunctions about killing regardless. Yeah. They just like trap them in a freezer and get like some antifungal stuff and just yeah. lob it in there. Can of raid. Mm-hmm. Have fun, children. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Though, if we could figure out how to use their technology and combine with the SQL device to create a shrinking ray, oh no, Dante and Kel. <laughs> Actually, any of them with a shrinking ray, that's a bad idea. Uh-huh. Duh, uh-huh. by the fic. <laughs> if, Dirk, if you want to write the crack fic of the Helmicrons showing up in Boston, <laughs> we'll trap one of their ships in a crab pot and go from there. It'll be great. <laughs> Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, All right. Possible rankings. <sighs> Out of ten. Where do we put the plot? I would put the plot of this one at a three. Oh. Because oh. it gets worse. <laughs> I don't want to make this the low bar. Okay, Danielle just <laughs> held eye contact with me as they said that. I want it to be known that they are committing violence on my person right now. This is emotional warfare. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised, but I don't have to like it. <laughs> um, I am going to say... For all that it is ridiculous, if you look at the bare bones plot, mm-hmm. microscopic alien rays show up and cause trouble, shrink down the kids. There's there is the bones of something interesting in here. Yes, plot wise, I'm going to give it a four and a half. 
Nice. Yeah, I think I think that is true. I think it was also executed very poorly because mm. the ending feels extraordinarily rushed. Yeah. Uh, like the wrap-ups are known to be pretty yeah, snappy, but that was just sort of like and then we fixed it and everything was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um characterization. Some good. Some good. I don't think anyone was wildly out of character. No, there were beats as we mentioned as we went along of like earlier Marco that we mm-hmm. do not care for. Ditto earlier Rachel. Mm-hmm. That said, Rachel ready to go full on a league of their own with a baseball bat on the uh-huh. ship is very good. Mm-hmm. The Cassie was very solid, actually, I felt yeah. consistently. Mm-hmm. The cuteness of the Jake and Cassie stuff was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked I liked that she got to be smart mm. and insightful. Yeah. And like just compassionate. Because, yeah, just because we find the things that happened ridiculous, like in terms of the um in context, mm-hmm. I think this is a really strong Cassie book. Yeah. Which is sucks that it's such a bad book. Yeah. It's it is not necessarily highlighting the very peaks of her strengths mm-hmm. like we see in nineteen and twenty nine. Like we don't see this is very, this is like very on brand, but also very middle of the road, Cassie. Like yeah. very solid. Yes, agree. Um, um, I'll give, I'll happily give the characterization, characterization like an eight. It feels like good. It's yeah. It's definitely, you can tell this is a KA written one. Mm-hmm. I think for sure. And like everybody felt very consistent. I like yeah. the axe being very axe about mm-hmm. it all. And that was cool. Yep. Marco was extremely on point, mm-hmm. apart from a couple the sexism bits. Yeah, and like the seeing the uh, the group fall apart slightly yes. without Cassie and Marco's influence was uh, was good to see. <laughs> uh, Andrew sent me a message that says, uh, "Having listened to most of your episode, that book that book gets ten stoned physicists out of ten." <laughs> 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 mm, very good uh enjoyability or satisfaction <laughs> right i'm not a person that watches bad movies for fun yeah i am more mad about the time i didn't get back i'm not gonna get back <laughs> i'm visiting my friends in america <laughs> and i had to spend an hour reading that <laughs> Um, yeah, it was fun to talk about. I'm yeah. like, if if I'm looking at it that way, but it's not satisfying. No, it's so dumb. No, his ending is crap. Yes, enjoyable, maybe satisfying. No, no. yeah, okay, <laughs> let's let's pitch that it may be a five. Yeah, because it does have some genuinely funny yes, parts, like the grov- Marco and the groveling scene. Mwah. Yes, <laughs> good. Just booty, great, fantastic, <laughs> iconic. <laughs> Here for it. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite part? Might be the groveling bit. I think mine is the groveling bit. It was just incredibly good. <laughs> um, also, for all the chaos, that fight mm-hmm. in the sharing meeting, mm-hmm. that is my kind of fun. Ca- that was like campy nonsense. Yes. That I would like to see like animated because I could imagine mm-hmm. that being really fun. Yeah. So it's, they did a very good job of 
it's written well enough that you can follow what's yes, happening. which is actually but, really hard. Yes, but also feels very chaotic. Yes, and feels dangerous as well. Yes. Like, you felt the stakes of it. Mm-hmm. So that worked. But it might be the groveling. Yeah, the groveling. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's like also Cassie failing at it. Just like yeah. the visual of Mark, I'm like stretched out, coming out, and Cassie being there, just like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm groveling. Yeah, this is this is how my people grovel. I'm gro- this is me groveling. I'm grovel. <laughs> that, yeah, Cassie needs to lean harder into dry humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> yeah, like Cassie being the proverbial straight man to Marco. Mm-hmm. I want more of this. Yes, I want more yes. of this. Uh, did anything surprise Don't ask me that about this book. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, dear listener, I want you to envision Jade's face when <laughs> I came down with the physical book yesterday, day before yesterday, and I handed it to them, uh, and they immediately turned to look at the back cover <laughs> and read the summary <laughs> and were like, no. <laughs> no. 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 And then I was told to open the front cover, yeah. which has got this cool little cutout over yeah. the uh, uh, over the anteater's nose. And I opened it, and there is a a picture in picture of the Helmicrons. We have to include this when we tweet out the episode. <laughs> I, I feel like the people need to see this. Yes. Uh yeah, because the the Animorphs books, for those of you who don't who have never owned the hard copies, the Animorphs books, they have the the iconic covers, but all of the iconic covers have the cutout for whatever they're morphing into, and then the inside cover of the book is always some sort of scene depicting that animal in whatever context. Um and so it was <laughs> it was very funny. When <laughs> they handed it to Jade and they saw it and they were like Really? <laughs> do we have to do this? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it, it was good. Okay. Uh, it, there's a lot that doesn't make fucking sense, but yeah, it's we not... sort of picked it apart as we went. Yeah. Because um, it failed at being consistent within its own logic, which yes. is just frustrating. Yes. In terms of overarching narratives, though, it's fine. Yeah. I guess. Per- just it's particularly when I when I stop to think about especially in the very end with Jake, because mm. Jake comes into the battle as a peregrine falcon, gets shrunk, mm-hmm. and then by by the logic so far... What we saw happen to Tobias. What we saw happen to Tobias, when he demorphed, he should have been a like relatively a- larger human. Yeah, he should have been a few inches tall. And then when he morphed Tiger, an even larger tiger. Yeah. Not, not like, obviously full size, but yeah. significantly larger... Like a tiger the size of your thumb. Right. Um, and so it just, it, like, it's not internally consistent. And that's, I, I will take a lot of weird fucking sci-fi premises. Yeah, no. Like, um, we've watched Doctor Who. We've yeah. enjoyed Doctor Who. Yeah. It just has to be internally consistent. And yes. this book is not. No, it's not. With regards to the, the sizes of things, with regards to the rules about how mm-hmm. things are sized, mm-hmm. with regards to the amount of time that things take. Yeah. Like there are a lot of times where it's like we cut to one thing and then cut right back and someone's demorphed all- mm-hmm. entirely. And like the books in general have been getting vaguer with that. Vaguer with that. Like more and more. It's kind of just like, oh yeah, we demorphed. 
Um, which is fine. You you kind of end up assuming that they just get yeah, faster it's, at it's, it. It's only relevant when it's relevant. Yeah. You know, which like how fine. I made the game. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fine. Um, but uh, in, in here in particular... If like, we notice it, then they've done something wrong. Yes. Or they've was, dropped the ball. Yes. It was very noticeable to me, especially with Axe at the end, because it's mm. like, oh yeah, he's guarding the cube uh, as a Harrier, and then it's like, right away as... As Cassie has finished morphing, mm-hmm. he's an Andalite. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, uh, nah. The timing just doesn't make any sense, but mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, yeah, it's, it is what it is. It is what it is. Is it essential Animorphs reading? No. No, but if you like to inflict suffering on your friends or yourself, sure, <laughs> have at it. Or just yeah. listen to this episode. Yeah, just listen to this episode. We read out the best parts anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Solid. It will take you about as long to listen to this episode as it would take to read it. For once, we are actually about yeah. on time. Even quicker than usual, because we have a shorter <laughs> slot thing, because I'm going to have to head to the airport. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's absolutely not essential in worse reading. Nothing. No, there are no plot points that are relevant yeah. to later. Nothing. Nothing carries through i'm sure even there is better cassie jake content in other books there is definitely there's actually really good cassie jake content coming up in two books um uh that that will be very good two books from now is is book 26 the attack and that one is a very good book and it's i'm glad that it is because it is the last um before the ghost riders before the ghost riders kick in okay the one after this 25 the extreme I mean, it's fine. <laughs> Your face is telling me a different story. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another book to compare it to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, whose book is it? It's Marco. Okay. Um, yeah, it is. It is. I think. Maybe the only Marco book that really just kind of falls flat. Okay. Because, like, not a lot happens in it. It's another uh, bottle episode. Okay. Which is, you know, in itself fine, but also has some, like, racist shit in it. Ugh. Um, right. Uh, and, like, it just... At least from my memory. Maybe it's better than what I'm remembering. But from my memory, it's just a very forgettable book. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Duly noted. Mm-hmm. Still, this part was fun. The being across the table was fun. Yeah. This was, that was definitely worth it. <laughs> as mad as I am. And I am. Let it be noted. <laughs> definitely feel like my blood pressure is gonna. <laughs> it's fine. It sits pretty low most of the time. I'm sure this is good. <laughs> you know, you, you just, you gotta get a little bit of exercise for your heart every once in a while. Uh huh. Okay, sure. <laughs> you say so. Uh... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, my co-host has been Jade. <laughs> you can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. Uh, you can also find them at their home podcast, Follow the Leader, uh, at FTLcast on Twitter, uh, wherein they play a whole host of really awesome characters. Um, Follow the Leader does a lot of GMless tabletop games, and their arcs are all self-contained, so you can just pick one and listen to it and have a really great time. Uh, they're excellent storytellers. Um, 
And you can also see them on Dumb Kids, which is the Animorphs-inspired actual play podcast that we are both on. Uh, if you would like to encounter slightly more serious subject matter than than whatever the fuck this was, um, please check us out. Uh, that's Dumb Kids Playing Hero at DKPHPod on Twitter. And my co-host has been Danielle. They've let me stay in their home for the past few days, which I feel like makes up for the fact that they just inflicted that book on me. <laughs> you can find them on the internet at redtailedhawk90, and you can find them on their home podcast, The Room Where It Happened, which is the uh, it's a great actual play podcast. Actual play podcast. Their current season is working its way towards its end. Uh, give the bleed a listen. It's think Appalachia meets space. Uh, there are robots. There are found families. It's very good and very wholesome. And um, shenanigans. And lots of vehicle theft. Lots of, lots vehicle, of theft. vehicle theft. Yep. Um, but they're the good guys, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> and you can, if you like uh, how uh, we talk about media, you can go along to our podcast guild, uh, Standing Stones, uh, Stones underscore Standing on Twitter. There you can find details about the other podcasts that the guild makes as well as get details on our live streams which includes playing video games uh as well and that's always on mondays with brian and august and occasionally we'll play games and do charity streams uh, games of the tabletop variety i mean and that's <laughs> stones underscore standing on twitter or standing stones prod on twitch yeah yeah, that's it. That's it. And we don't have to clap to finish. Exactly. I don't know what I'm going to line up the, the ending music with I mean, now. I want to clap. <laughs> you can clap if you like, so you can well. line. <laughs> oh. No. No. no I, I refuse. Neep, neep. Christ. Uh, good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>